All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings wrap up a 13-4 and regular season. The Packers crash out of the playoffs. The Timberwolves are officially Edwards' team. And we get excited about a big weekend in the Premier League. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Uh, doing well, man. I'm good, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, uh, especially with our rivals from Wisconsin, the Green Bay Packers, crashing and burning and missing out on the playoffs in pretty devastating fashion. Great, great chain of events that led to this. Um, I'm so happy. I just I, I celebrate their failure just as much as the Vikings' success. So we're all happy over here. I am... So happy. I wanted to podcast about it. So we have an awesome podcast for you guys. Before we jump into that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. And also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank you. What a deal. All right, guys. What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking Untitled Arts Kiwi Waiiti Juice Drops IPA. It's pretty good. What? Okay, that was a lot. Um, I'm cleaning out the fridge. Uh, you ever do that? You know, you got one left of eat this and that. So this is a lupulin beer called Just Looks At It. West Coast Double. Uh, it's pretty strong, but I'm liking it just like I did last time. Nice. Well, it's nice when you can clean out the fridge and that's what you have. Not like yeah. a stale Modelo, you know, from six months ago. Um, <laughs> Those go too quick. Sorry, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to uh, slander uh, Modelo as a beer. Um, I'm, at, I'm at Jim's place, Elm Creek Brewing. He's been pumping this place up. Like, like he's got stock in the joint. <laughs> so I'm drinking there. I think this might be one of their staples. Sustained illusion seemed like a normal beer. It was only like 14 bucks for the four pack. Pretty good. Uh, New England IPA. It's delicious. You like it? Mm-hmm. All right. I think they make pretty good stuff. We'll see. All right, guys. So... so far, so we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me know. All right, guys. Here we go. It's time to talk about our Minnesota Vikings. They wrapped up a 13-4 first season under Kevin O'Connell, winning the NFC North. And uh, they did this by uh, winning an absolute snooze exhibition game against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it was a preseason game to to bookend the season, essentially. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched. I'm not ripping the Vikings, and I'm not blaming the Bears. Um, It just, like, could have been a forfeit. The Bears were trying to lose the game. The Bears yep. weren't going to play anyone that could help them win the game. No, nope. they weren't call a game to try to win the game. No, nope. and it worked out for them as they lucked themselves into the first overall pick in the draft. The Bears had and a job to do, and they accomplished exactly what they needed to. The Vikings' job in this game was to uh, put up enough good drives to um, have at least a little of their confidence back going into the playoffs and not get anyone hurt, which they also accomplished. And you got to play well enough. You got to play. Well enough on both sides of the ball to not get called into the principal's office by Goodell to be like, hey, what the hell was that? Like we, you know, we got national TV advertisers calling us complaining that nobody was watching their game because the Bears weren't trying. You know, you got to kind of like make a show of it. So I think both teams did a pretty good job. Uh, We got the Nick Mullins cameo. Uh, Is it Nick or Nate? Nick. Nick. We got the Nick Mullins cameo. I didn't think he looked terrible for a backup QB. Thought he looked fine. Good to see. Yeah, no, it was fine. Uh, it just was an ugly game. And you just kind of wanted to get through it without having anyone get injured. For the most part, that's what we did. 
Um, Dalvin Cook had his standard um, fumble injury, like he has every time he fumbles. Of course. And then we didn't see him again. Um, a couple other guys got banged up a little bit, but overall it was a fine performance. I think that the thing to focus on here today, though, is just the fact that Minnesota sports fans are so ready for their hearts to be broken um, that they never will admit that they've enjoyed this season or that the Vikings may have been any good. Um, Every person nationally and locally just wants to say the Vikings aren't even that good. They're, they're fakes. They're, they're frauds. They're, Mm -hmm. it's a, they're not that good. They just haven't been that good. And my question is outside of the elite teams, which we are not part of that little tiny category, which I think is probably the Eagles, the 49ers, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. I think those five teams, not even Dallas, makes that list. Also amazing that you can have 13 wins and not be considered one of the elite teams. Yeah, I think they're just on the outside. Of no, but I'm group. saying like, yeah. even in, no matter how hard you talk about, you know, the NFL is hard to win games. It doesn't matter who you play. They're, it's very tough to win games. You win 13 of them and everyone's like, eh, they're not that good. I just think that like there's such a the you know the big teams, especially the big teams with the big quarterbacks, um, when they win a game that maybe they shouldn't have won, the answer is always that's what good teams do. They they take victory from the jaws of defeat. That's what a good team does. And when the Vikings do it, everyone says, "Oh, this team is so lucky." And I'm kind of Mm -hmm. like, at some point, you put yourself in position at the end of the game where one play goes your way or you make one play or one bounce goes your way, or you know what I mean? Like, it's just like when you put yourself in position to win games and you do things the right way and you prepare the right way, things end up going your way. And it's why and then, good, good ultimately, and ultimately, you have to win the game. Yeah. That's the and hard so, part. I just, I don't know. I, I think it's just like Minnesota fans are so used to being hurt that it's mm-hmm. so much easier to just rip the team and say you didn't, you never believed and say you never cared than actually like putting yourself out there. And I think that this season has been nothing short of a blessing. It has been so fun. Um, I feel positive about the direction. You know, when they do the, uh, do people feel positive or negative about the direction of the country? I feel positive about the direction of the Vikings and therefore the direction of the country. And, <laughs> well, for the barometer, it's, holy it's a point um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say this season probably has been the most anxiety inducing, but coming out on the other side of a lot of those games where last year under Zimmer, the team did not, you know, the, the Joseph missed field goal against Arizona. Uh, I mean, pick your poison. There's a hundred, hundred examples where, um, things didn't quite go that way. You know, last year we were, uh, from all the advanced metrics, very unlucky with fumbles, you know, and bounces and, and who recovered them and, and how they were recovered and all that stuff. And this year we're like the luckiest team in the league as far as like fumble recovery. So like things are just sort of rubber banding, you know, a little bit back and forth and, and the pendulum swung the other way. And maybe that helped, or maybe the defense is in a better position to recover those things. Um, it, you know, there's a hundred other factors, but I agree with Eric. Anyone who's telling you that a 13 win season wasn't fun is lying to you. Or They're that we're lying. Bad. Oh, Vikings aren't even good. I'm like, are they, are they any worse than all of the other playoff teams that aren't the very, very top team? No, absolutely not. not. I think They're the deal of- is, is that we have such a good record. And then, you know, you have an obvious stat, like a point differential, where it's like, well, look, they're worse than average. Um, I, I don't, I haven't heard people say that we just outright stink. I just think that our record is maybe better than our team, which might be true. I mean, you're, <laughs> we've won all these close games and then gotten blown out, right? So I kind of get it. But like, 
dude, we're a very good team. We're, I mean, we deserve our, our spot in the playoffs. I just, we'll see how far we can go. I think that's kind of the, the thing, right? It's like, well, are they really as good as these teams? And I think we're admitting that, no, there's four or five teams that are better than us. Yeah, I think it just is the playoffs, too. Like, anything can happen. They, you know, no one, zero people in the world thought at this point last season that the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl and would be right. one one drive away from winning the So I'm not saying that we are out of it by any means. You know, it's going to be a tough game already this coming weekend. Um, but I think KOC – passes season one with flying colors i'm really positive about him as a coach um i know that fans every time we lose a game bad they want him fired already or you know they want to jump to all these conclusions the guy won 13 games in his first season it's one of the best first seasons of a coach ever and uh on top of that he said that at the beginning of the season their goal was to win the nfc north they did that they clinched it with like a month to go in the season and we get a home playoff game because of that and then our rivals, the Packers, had everything in their hands. The NFL set up everything to make sure that they could get into the playoffs. They got to play after Seattle so that when Seattle won, Detroit would have no reason to play, except they forgot that Dan Campbell is a madman. and yeah, they all which just, I love. <laughs> they just are, also aren't a good football team. The uh, Aaron Rodgers magic is completely gone at this gone. point. He isn't magic anymore. He used to put so much fear into me. He would have the ball with seven seconds left on his own eight. And I'd be like, well, they'll probably find a way to win. He'll throw <laughs> it 70 yards and get a pass interference. And then he'll complete. But you knew it. You knew at least they would get it to midfield with one second, you know, yeah. and then they'd have a shot at a Hail Mary. And you're like, I don't yeah, even know how this can happen. And he had the big Hail Marys every time. And it, yeah, it was just, it was just nuts. So I, I think that that's gone. I think the whole like Packers Lambeau field thing has been dead now for quite some time. And this game was set up by the NFL to make sure that Aaron Rodgers got into the playoffs. They failed. The calls in the game were absurd. There were so many times that they were, uh, how about the holding at the end of the game that gave the Packers an extra timeout? Just, just a joke, just a joke. Mm-hmm. I was so furious. They could to try to force the Packers into the playoffs. And Dan Campbell and company were not about it. They went in there, punched them in the mouth over and over and over and uh, knocked the Packers out. And now the NFL gets rewarded with Geno Smith uh, as like Mm. a two-touchdown underdog on the road in round one, which is so funny. Would have been so cool to see Detroit make the playoffs. They were right there, right in the edge. Been a fun team. I don't want to. I love them. No, I don't. Yeah. They're clearly we play in their division, and in next year with two first round picks, they might be our biggest competition. I'm glad they didn't make the playoffs. I don't. Well, want I think them they're. To I, yeah. I think they're going to be the undivided favorite to win the North next season. It's going to be like no. That's, I'm, I'm saying that's fine, but I'm just saying that's going to be like every every talking head's like yeah. sexy pick is going to oh, be yeah. like boy Detroit. They really came on strong, and then they forget that it's the Lions. Um, yep. They're, they're going to completely ignore the fact that the Vikings won 13 games and Detroit oh, won yeah. eight, and they're going to be like, ah, Detroit's better. Like, well, they, they weren't, but I guess we'll see. Um, I love that you're so. already butthurt about things that haven't happened yet. Oh, yeah, for I sure. I think that they're likely. I'm prepping myself, Jimbo. Yeah. you gotta you got to think ahead. This is a marathon. That's what we do. That's what we do as Minnesota fans. That's what we're doing right now in our heads for the upcoming Giants game. We're prepping. Speaking so, of, we're telling ourselves stories. The worst thing about the Packers losing, though, is that 
Now we have to have another like six or seven months of Rogers made up drama where will he, won't he, will he retire? Won't he retire? Oh gosh. He went on a, he went on a far right QAnon podcast and made some really cryptic comments about his future and how he doesn't know where he's going to be. And he also doesn't know if, uh, if he should eat meat anymore, because that might be how the government gets computer chips into his bloodstream. Well, it is. That's been proven. You know, like he's just, he he, he is such a nut job and we're going to have to hear so much dramatic bullshit from that guy. I can't, like, I can't handle it. I when can't he was it. walking, when he was taking his, like, you know, walk off the field where he knows where the cameras are at all times and he's got his arm around Cobb and it's a whole spectacle, he looked old to me. He looked, like, done to me. I mean, I get that he's younger than Brady, but are we saying that he's keeping up his body, like, TB12 method? Do you um, think TB12 would ever I, put he looks Ayahuasca? Old, he played old. I think he's, he could be done done. I, I mean... What do you guys think? Like, how many more years is he going to play somewhere else? Do you think TB12 would ever put ayahuasca in his body? Are you insane? That's not in the book. Rogers is playing. Unless Giselle told him to. He's under contract for like $110 million for the next two years with the Packers. He's playing with the Packers for the next two years. And I love it because he is, you know, he's. Well, why is everybody saying, oh, you know, he kept his his jersey? You notice that? He kept his jersey. Didn't want to trade it. Because he wants you to do this. He wanted Skip so you think Bayless, Shannon just... Sharp, to argue about. Oh God, he didn't give his jersey out because it might be his last game. Is it his last game? Everyone talk about Aaron Rodgers all off season. That's what he does every year now. He's so annoying. He's, He's coming really back. good at that. Oh, gonna... and and he your really guy, good. your guy Collinsworth couldn't wait to talk. I mean, he was uh, drooling all over himself. Like you said, Eric. I think the in the group chat, my favorite one was like. Aaron Rodgers has been really patient tonight after he chucked up like a Hail Mary ball that the that the center fielder for the Detroit Lions like just easily caught. The play before. The yeah. play before he did, and then he was like, Aaron Rodgers, he's been so patient. Oh, he's he's really counting on the run to open up the pass and vice versa. And I was like, what the fuck are we dude? He just threw the least patient pass of the season. It, on, and it only got overturned on a like sketchy, <laughs> soft, illegal hands to the face on the Detroit D lineman. So the Vikings are a playoff team, actually, and they are gonna be hosting a game in a prime time spot, which has me a little spooked. Sunday afternoon <laughs> in one of the big spots, 3:30. I thought that the playoff schedule was absolutely insane. Like I what I've heard is that the that ESPN it was at NBC ABC ABC ESPN had like uh, a favor owed to them for whatever reason they got they lost a game they did you know whatever it was and so they demanded that they got Monday Night Football Cowboys Bucks which I thought was so weird that they put that on Monday night but whatever huh. um, your early games are 49ers Seahawks that makes sense um, because the Seahawks are atrocious it's going to be an absolute blowout. And why the, why not? Why not make the Los Angeles or the West Coast teams play at ten a.m. Well, that's time. at that's at that's at one or two thirty their time or one. Oh, okay, I see what you, I, I got you. And then the other early game is going to be Dolphins Bills with Skylar Thompson playing quarterback. So um, those games are pretty rough. Your late game on Saturday is Chargers Jaguars, which is probably the most even game of all of them. And then your primetime Giants Vikings game on Sunday and your Sunday night game Ravens Bengals. Um, so that's your schedule. Kind of weird, kind of awkward, but the Vikings do get your big time Sunday afternoon slot, uh, which is both good and bad. It's awesome that we're going to get that respect playing against a New York team. And obviously, 
the Vikings are quite popular themselves. Uh, the bad news is Kirk at 3.30 is a little spooky. Yeah, but it's not 7. So not 7. It's not as spooky. He's halfway going to be bad, we, though. At we, that. we beat the Bills in the afternoon. Yeah, we did. And So let's go yeah, back to that. He beat the Patriots in prime time this year. He did a little better. He's kind of killed that a little this year. Um, so the Giants, we did play him a couple weeks ago. Uh, what was it? Three weeks ago now. We won on a 61-yard field goal. Um, I did Chip think shot. the Vikings were the better team in that game, but the Giants are pretty tough. Um, Daniel Jones had a career day against us, and his little drop back and throw slants in front of Chandon Sullivan routine uh, really ate us alive in that game. So I do think the Vikings will win this game, and I think it will be very close. Um, last time it was 27-24, to 24, and uh, I like that score a lot. I'm going to say that the Vikings win this game 23-20. to 20, 23 to 20. So Ooh. you like that three-point margin that uh, Vegas has given us on it. Okay. I, I think, well, yeah. um, well, it's, just, it's, just, it's also annoying that. That, that we're going to go for two touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like two touchdowns the whole game. Like that's that's what we've become accustomed to, that this offense just can't break out. You know, it's just mm. going to be. I think we'll score a little more than that. I'm going to go I'm going to go 27-24. It's just as statistically possible as anything else just because it's already happened. I hate the fact that the Giants have, uh, I don't know, it's been a long time, but I think there's uh, some ghosts, some demons with the Giants and the Vikings, and that 41 donut game still looms large. Uh, I think it's going to be a very tough game. I'm going to say I'll pick Vikings 28, Giants 27. Ooh, all right. We're all in the same wheelhouse here. Um, man, I'm nervous. Eric, are you so, going? Um, we Yeah, I'm going to be there at the game. Um, we have the seventh best scoring offense in the league, though, which is pretty nice. So I do think 23 I mean, points. 31st, the 31st ranked defense. So we're, we're <laughs> seventh in things, yeah. The Giants are 16th. We average 24.9, so 25 points a game. And the only teams that have better scoring offenses than us are the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bills, the Lions, the 49ers, and then us. So some good company uh, at the top of the league. We're ahead of Cincinnati um, as well. And then uh, on defense, it's kind of the opposite. Uh, <laughs> the Best scoring defense is the 49ers. We are actually 30th at this. Um, and the Giants are right in the middle of the pack again. So they're kind of like average on offense and average on defense. Yeah, I don't know. I like the Vikings in this one. I think the home field is the big difference maker. I think they win in a close game. I would love it. And then, what, the following week we would play probably the Niners at uh Almost for sure. I mean, the Niners are going to win on, yeah. on Saturday. And then we would play at... San Francisco, and I think now, if everything, if the wheels fall off and somehow Seattle wins, they come here and we would get two home games in a row, right? No, we would play no, a home they game reseed. A winner yeah. of the of the Cowboys and Bucks. The seven and, seed would go to Philadelphia. Yeah, the lowest seed that, goes to the yeah. one. There yeah. you go. Okay, so we Which, can right? only play the only all teams in, we can play are the 49ers, the Bucks, Cowboys. For, and for for what it's worth. The Philadelphia Eagles are vehemently cheering for the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> to beat oh, the yeah. 49ers. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, time to move on. we got to move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are on a little winning streak of their own. They are playing probably the best that they've played all season. Is that fair to say? I would yeah. say the most the most um, team-oriented basketball where everyone looks like they have a role and they know how to execute it for the first time all season, like consistently. Yeah, yeah. Fewer turnovers, a little better shot selection, more passing, uh, a little better rebounding, all those things I think are happening, that, which is awesome. 
Who's that, I think Rudy that was guy? He seems to be involved yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, Rudy's Rudy's back for now, and he's helping us win. Actively helping. His plus minus is very positive. It's like can be like you know what was it thirteen the other night? Um, good stuff. But it's like going to be weird when Cat gets back, which should be any time, dude. They said mid mid January. It's getting there. So I think the big driving forces in why this team is is um, playing so well. Uh, one Ant is just like Ant. he's on the verge of becoming one of the league's superstars. I think, especially like as an offensive player, um, averaging almost thirty a game in the last month or so. Um, mm-hmm. The other big reason I think is Jaden McDaniel's, who's been one of the best defenders in all of basketball. Uh, as a perimeter defender goes, he's one of the best players in the entire league, and that's such a critical game position in the modern game. And then obviously Gobert kind of getting back to his, you know, absolutely dominant low post self. I mean, he's played his best ball. He's been here. I think the three of them look pretty solid. You're getting enough from the bench. Kyle Anderson is a nice versatile piece. Having Um, Torian back has been huge. He's been really, really solid. Yeah, the Prince and Anderson combo that can give you a lot of minutes in the game is pretty nice. Um, yeah, I think I think they're playing pretty well. I do worry about Towns coming back. Uh, Towns making weird cryptic messages now. I just, I can't I can't stand him. I can't stand him. His like he'll post like 18 pictures of his outfit, and then a picture with his arm around Paul George to make everybody speculate, and then he'll have some kind of like really nonsensical thing like. If the you know if if winners are gonna win, what are lo- what are losers do? Can, can, can I ask? Can I ask? A, <laughs> let me ask a stupid question because maybe this bears discussing for ten seconds just so we can maybe put this to bed. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, right? So he he does all this cryptic stuff because he knows. Do you think Cat actually is savvy enough to to think that, or do you think he thinks he's being like cool and so he's just like posting what he views as like motivational content for himself and like he doesn't read replies like most likely he just sends it out into the ether so do you think it's just like him just kind of being not that intelligent and not understanding like how this is received or do you think he's really trying to be cryptic um i think he's trying to be cryptic i think he pays attention to how players can get attention on talking on you know sports talk right where Okay, when Kyrie posts something weird or says something a little bit weird in an interview, um, everybody pays attention to it. So I think he knows what he's doing with it. Um, at yeah, the same everybody time, hates, he just wants to post his Kyrie. outfit. Yeah, he just wants to post his outfit and his like Instagram girlfriend, um, Kardashian gal, whatever. And like, I get it. Like, that's the the kind of attention attention all of them want. So um, I think that he I don't know. is. It's the playbook that all players who are going to start working their way out. Um, okay, so dude, is this is this like is this agent driven or is this player yeah. driven like or like combo? Like, this is a strategy between them. Yeah, he's saying, okay, fair I enough. Want, he's saying I want to get out of here in the summer. I want to be. He, so you so you do the D-Lo thing. You post a cryptic message. You unfollow the Timberwolves. That, yeah, that, so that like, somebody that knows that. that. Yeah, road. So I think he has said to his agent, "I don't want to play with Ant. I don't want to play in Minnesota." And they're they are looking at the landscape of the NBA and saying, all right, who's going to be the big pieces available this summer? And Mm -hmm. I think they're hoping that he is the big piece available this summer where everyone's in a bidding war for towns and he gets to kind of pick his destination and go pick his next. And he already has got the contract locked up. He's kind of midway through his career. So I think he's saying like, it's my turn to go move. He's what Gobert. He's a year behind Gobert essentially. Yeah. And so he's the big guy on the market 
that everyone's in a big bidding war for. And I actually think that's going to be good for both parties. I actually think it's going to be good for the Wolves too. Um, the Wolves kind of just depleted all of their, you know, resources <laughs> to go get yeah. Gobert. And I think they can like restock that and more by moving towns. And so I think that um, behind the scenes, uh, maybe this conversation isn't have- happening, but everyone involved knows exactly what's happening. Um, Towns is going to try to play well the rest of the year to get his value up. And the Wolves are going to try to play well with Towns to get his value up and make as deep of a run to see where they're at. And I mm-hmm. think um, there's it's going to seem contentious, but I do think it's going to be best for, for both sides, a big, huge Towns trade in the summer. And well, it doesn't feel the same as like when we traded Love or when we traded... Um, Garnett or like other big mm-hmm. star players we've had because the future isn't something we're trying to trade for. It's something that's already here. And so I think having Ant uh, and having Gobert and having Jaden McDaniels is going to allow the Wolves to feel confident in making a big move, um, knowing that they're not telling their fans, hey, we're starting over. They're like, mm-hmm. we have one of the best young superstars in the league. We've got a couple other nice pieces around them let us complete this team by moving towns who doesn't fit. And I think the fans will embrace that. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Hey, and you know what, if this happens, best of luck to cat. Don't make any stupid fucking comments as soon as you leave and I'll still cheer for you. Yeah. And just another aside on Anthony Edwards, just to show, uh, I think Austin rivers came out and said, this is ants team, Uh, big statement to the, to the media. No question. Um, we all feel it. This is Ant's team. Dude, like, okay. Sorry, Carl. I'm sorry. I mean, it's if it's not obvious to you, then you're the you're not that smart. Um Ant currently number one in steals, number three in rebounds, number four in points, number four in blocks, and tenth in threes made among all shooting guards, east and west. That's yeah. some pretty good statistics. Yeah, and I mean, he's getting two two plus steals a game. Like, he's averaging like 2.1 or something. That's awesome. So, Rivers, the comment he said was, he's six years away from his prime, and he's already this good. Franchise player, he's the guy here. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and that wasn't coming from some bum rookie. I'm not saying Austin Rivers is a star right. player. That's a vet in the locker room who's been on some good teams. and Probably future good. head coach. And, yeah, I mean. Well, not, not, not just some kid he a kid who grew up whose dad was in the nba like he's seen every level of nba player he played at duke right he played on some really good teams he played on the clippers teams he played on i don't know i forget where he was early but he played on some pretty good teams like he's seen elite talent enough to know like that he's not just blowing smoke up ant's ass for attention like he probably he probably very much means this and he's very professional about it Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about um, Towns trades for like the next six months of our life. Um, but I do think that uh, it's the next step in the Wolves being good. And I, I know that that sounds crazy. I know usually the team who trades the big player away is the one who loses the trade. But I do think like stocking the shelves and building up the team to fit Ant better is going to be the, the goal. And I think like surrounding Ant with the pieces he needs, um, which would be like a less ball dominant, maybe big defensive point guard um, would be awesome. Uh, Obviously more shooting as the wolves could still use uh, more shooting um, on the perimeter. Um, And like trying to find a couple of those kind of like long versatile pieces uh, to make us a better defensive team, a better rebounding team and a team that really fits ants strengths. And so 
I, I find it exciting. I like if the Wolves are going to have a disappointing year, but we're also going to see like where where the future could be. I I can live with that. Yeah, the only way I don't want to blow this thing up in the way that we're talking about here with with at least with Cat um, is if they make a really deep run. I mean, they're going to have to get to like the Western Conference Finals or something, and then everybody's going to be so thrilled. And obviously, that means that everybody's playing well together. At which point, everybody may rethink this. But I think um, if he, you know, even would. some kind of seven eight. If we're in the play-in, even, you know, all that signals, it's it's time to move on. I think he's gone unless they win a playoff series. And you're saying yeah, in the summer. They might still, he might still be gone because he may just request it and then we're like, all right. Like, you yeah, know. Like if we, if, if, we go beat, if we go beat um, Denver or the Grizzlies or the Clippers or someone in the first round, we're in the final eight teams. And, you know, you probably have some good moments with all the guys on, on that team at that point. I think at that point they'd be like, hey, we're close. Like, let's tinker around with this a little more. But I yeah, also maybe. don't know if I can see that happening with this group. I just I, – they just haven't done more than flash so far this year. So, yeah, it is Agreed. nice to see them playing better. Um, and it's nice to see that, like, there at least is some gas left in the Gobert tank because uh, we actually went and saw a game and Gobert just dominated. It was the old Gobert. It was nice. Yeah, he was everywhere. I mean, well, he wasn't everywhere. He was only one place, and it was at the basket. <laughs> he well, literally and it was nothing else. But it was weird he was because there when you needed him, he started off as like we're like, oh god, he doesn't even look athletic. And then I, something happened between like the middle, between the first and the second quarter, where he just turned into like this wrecking ball. And mm. you're like, wow, he can't be stopped if he's like trying. I know the Clippers were like dead in the water; they had no bodies. Like it was just kind of an embarrassment for them, but. Um, overall, it was just like, oh, okay, Rudy is actually a talented athlete. We just mm-hmm. haven't really seen it that much this year. Just don't pass um, the ball to him too fast. Or too low or too high. <laughs> like, it's got to be perfect. He's like yeah. the cousins in the pocket. Eric, I have one last question uh, for the Timberwolves for you. Um, you had to bet your house on whether or not D'Lo is a Timberwolf by the end of the trade deadline. Yes or no? I would bet yes, but mm. I hope. I think that, like, if they want me to stop being pissed about the Gobert trade, they should trade d at the deadline. And I don't think they will because I think that they're going to be enough. They're going to be, you know, as Jim likes to say, hey, they're only two and a half. Having fun. Only two and a half games out of the five seed or something like that. (laughs) That would be a selling move. We can't do that. But I I do think that – when you don't want to re-sign a player who's on a big contract, you should try to maximize your return for that guy. And so I do think, like, if you told me in two years the Wolves were competing to go to the title, I'd say Ant is a kind of a fringe MVP contender, and mm-hmm. they made moves trading D'Lo and Towns at the right time uh, for the right pieces. And they they built up assets and a couple nice young pieces and that's how they got really good. And so I, I, mean, I think that they're going to have to bet on potential a little bit too, right? They're going to have to get somebody that that's, has a high ceiling and hit that, and then maybe we'll talk. Yeah. Um, so I would. I just to just to one last comment on it. Yeah. I agree. I think if the Wolves were like thirty and ten right now, I think the D'Lo conversation is dead in the water. He's going to be a wolf for the remainder of the season. But you're one game under five hundred. The fact that they're not even like like. Mm-hmm. That should be number one on your priority list is to get something for D'Angelo Russell because you don't know where this is going to go. Like there, there's, there's, n- you have nothing to gain by keeping him other than you may get the eighth seed. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like there's the the gamble mm-hmm. 
to not get something in return for an expiring contract to maybe sneak into the playoffs and lose in the first round or not even win the playoff playing game this year is would be stupid business in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, guys, it's time for a little hockey talk. Um, the wild uh, have been pretty damn good to be honest with you. I know they had kind of a stinker over the weekend against the blues, but this team is currently with a couple games in hand um, fifth place in the Western conference. I'm sorry, sixth place in the Western Conference. Well, uh, how many points are we from third place in the Western Conference? That's all I really care about. <laughs> we, are, we are tight. We are five points behind uh, um, third Take place. one in the middle. We might, as, we might as well be in third with the two games in hand, Eric. So yeah, exactly. What are we even talking about? So this is, and they did name um, the captains of the All-Star Game. Um, I think they named 12 players so far, like three from each conference, which I have no idea what that's about. But from... Uh, not every team got a guy. We did. Kaprizov made it um, already as an all-star. He is, you know, he's a bona fide superstar at this point. Like, he's one of the best players in the league. I think he might be the most underrated player in the whole league. I think if he uh, wasn't Russian and playing in Minnesota, um, it's all that hockey people would talk about outside of McDavid. So, he's been wonderful. He'll be representing us for sure in the all-star game. I'm assuming we'll have a couple other guys as well. And uh, the Wild, uh, before this weekend, were one of the hottest teams in the league, um, but now they've lost two in a row. So they're kind of on the outside of looking in of hosting or being the home home squad in a playoff series. Uh, but I think the biggest thing has been Gustafson in goal. Um, he looked like he was going to be a journeyman backup, and he's been like a revelation. Like he has been absolutely lights out uh, at killing everybody and has been one of the best goalies in all of hockey. So um this probably isn't our year to win the title but hopefully it's a year for us to uh compete and you know maybe win a playoff series like we haven't done in a couple of years now not when we got 25 million in dead cap space going to lazy yeah. Suter and uh parisi um in other hockey talk great series this weekend i was really excited about this sell out both ways a home and home gophers and st cloud state series um this was electric and uh, not a lot of scoring it was a defensive battle but on uh, saturday night the gophers fell three nothing to st cloud state and then on sunday afternoon the gophers beat st cloud state in overtime two to one gophers moved up to number two st cloud moved up to number three so both of them are in the top three now um and the the big story for me was definitely logan cooley he is the realist of deals I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest Gopher players ever, and he's a one-and-done for sure. He is maybe the most talented player the Gophers have ever had. I know some old head is, like, listening right now, rolling their eyes and rolling over in their grave that I didn't mention, you know, some guy from, like, 1962. Um, But this guy's the number three pick in the draft. A lot of people think he could have gone number one last year. He was second only to Connor Bedard, who looks like he's the next Connor McDavid in the World Juniors Tournament and in points. And then he scored a mesmerizing game winner with about 12 seconds to go in overtime yesterday to beat St. Cloud State. So he is the real deal. Turn it, tune into the Cooley show. Him and Snuggerud and Matthew Nyes is the best line in college hockey. And I heard someone on the broadcast said that Matthew Nyes Connor Cooley, uh, Logan Cooley, and Jimmy Snuggerud are the greatest line they've ever seen in college hockey. <laughs> Love it. Well done. Yes. Maybe I should pay more attention. That's great. Yes, the number two Gophers are worth your attention, and uh, they play exciting games. I think that we should go to a game at Mary Uchi. 
Is there Eric? Okay. Is there any room on the Is there any room on the bandwagon though? Hell yeah, is dude! It... It's college hockey. The bandwagon is okay. third of the way full. Well, no, it. but it's like a short bus. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, there's it's, it's limited seating. <laughs> it's limited seating. Um, <laughs> the crazy thing I think about Gopher hockey is that uh, the tickets are really expensive, but the arena is always like half full. And I'm like, what is the business? <laughs> and it's model literally here? crumbling. Yeah, it's like, what is the business model here? Like, how how are we not filling this place with cheaper tickets. I'm sure that, well, you know, I'm sure those seats are sold to donors and businesses that support the yeah. U of M and you know, they were, they were busy. They were out drinking. They never made it to the, the game. So uh, that's they what also those don't are. care. Those are sold seats. Those um, are the, we have the seats and we don't care. Yeah. The other big thing is that there is some rumor. I haven't heard anything final, but there's some rumor that these games between St. Cloud and Minnesota are not going to happen as often. I don't know why that is, um, but it sounds like instead of a yearly series, it might go to every few years, which would be a total bummer because it is a great rivalry. The home and home uh, in the same state, you know, an hour, hour and a half drive apart from each other is really fun. And both teams defended their home rink. Um, yeah, it's, it was it was an electric series, I thought. Well, Eric, how are we supposed to play the Penn State Nittany Lions four times a season if we're, if we're I, I think, running yeah. up to St. Cloud? Um, I don't mind the Big Ten. I actually think that that's fine. And I think in the long run, um, the Big Ten was the right move um, as those programs grow and as college hockey grows a bit. Uh, but it definitely has pissed off a lot of um, old college hockey fans who just want the WCHA to come back. Um, let's move biggest, on. biggest mistake the Gophers ever made was going to the Big Ten. Let's move <laughs> on to the Premier League, guys. The Premier League has a huge weekend. This is one of those, like, American NBC weekends where they really try to push big games and they do a fan fest and things like that. They have two huge games this weekend, Man United, Man City, and Arsenal, Tottenham. North London and Manchester derbies. Huge derbies. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait for these games. And it's the middle of the January transfer window. These are uh, teams all battling for top spots. Number one, Arsenal versus, I believe, number five, Spurs. And number two, City versus number four, United. So these are huge games in the title picture, big rivalry matchups, and just what NBC ordered up when they were like, hey, we're going to do a fan fest in the middle of of uh, January. Can you give us some big games? And they were like, can we ever? So this should be a lot of fun this weekend. I, I advise everyone to tune in. Um, I don't know exactly what time the games are, but uh, I know that the Arsenal. So Saturday, 6.30 a.m., 6.30 a.m., United and City. Oh, so maybe they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, I think this they schedule those matches for the people in England, not the people in the United States. Sure, so, but sometimes they're scheduling them for the people in the United States, too. Come on. Yeah. So then you have uh, Liverpool-Brighton is probably the best game of the 9 o'clock games. Um, and then Arsenal-Spurs doesn't happen. So Chelsea-Crystal Palace on Sunday morning, and then Arsenal-Spurs is Sunday at 10.30. That's that's great. That's, that's the prime spot. Yeah, that's I'll be watching beautiful. that one. Oh, I mean, Eric's going to miss. Oh, no, no. The Vikings don't play till three. So you're good. You're in the clear. You're all set in the clear. Um, also, uh, we did meet a new friend driving in an Uber. Our friend Sharif invited us. We'll see if it goes down. Sharif, if you're listening, we're in. I uh, got invited to an Arsenal party uh, to, to go watch the game. So he said all the Sambuca we can drink on him. Dude, it, the guy was, he, so he was our Uber driver 
And, is this uh, at the murder? Is that a, like, I mean, is it a murder house or like, where's the, where are the chains? Or <laughs> the it's kind of a community house. center, dude, or something. Or it's, it's at the, it's at like a community center. It's a big, like, you know, is, is it like Somalian folks or what? Yeah. Great yeah. dude. And it's going to be sick, dude. So I'm trying to go too. Going to be sick. Needs to happen. Have to go. Huge game uh, this week. That's what happens when you're out in the world. You just mentioned the Arsenal and everybody is like, hell yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Also, the transfer market, which we talked about last week, uh, is hot and heavy. Joao Felix, the young Portuguese sensation, is going to make a move to Chelsea on a six-month loan. Ryan, how do you feel? Uh, I think it's fine. Probably bent over the barrel a little bit on the cost between the loan fee and the wages, but who cares? Um, it's not my money. Um, I think it's a short-term Band-Aid because Raheem Sterling is uh, out for a to-be-determined amount of time, and so is Christian Pulisic. So we need a warm body as, uh, you know, probably on that left wing. So I think it's cool. Jao Felix is like a big name. I don't know if it's going to work out. Maybe he'll like it a lot and want to stay and push for a move, or um, it's just going to be a waste of everybody's time. Um, the only The only thing I can think of is he wants to play Champions League. Atletico Madrid is out, so Chelsea was the only one that maybe made sense at this point in the tournament. I don't know. That's it. I, I my hands are in the air on this one. I really don't. I really don't have any answers. Um, and my excitement level would be tepid because it's such a short term uh, thing. It's like five months. So I think it's. I think it would take longer than that. Personal. All right. Um, you did have a big move we talked about last week um, with Liverpool getting Cody Gakpo. He made his debut. It was a little underwhelming, but I think he'll come good for them. Um, you see. have Vought Veghurst going to Man United, it sounds like. Never who? He is the guy who scored the game-tying goal for the Netherlands against Argentina in the World Oh, Cup. yeah, yeah, yeah. He played at Burnley last year, and he's been playing at Basiktas this year. And he's Dutch, just like um, the the coach over there. So Ten Hag? Yeah. Anytime you could get the guy who went from Burnley to Besiktas, yeah. uh, you got to do it. <laughs> uh, it sounds like Arsenal will finally get done the uh, Mudrik deal. Uh, the Ukrainian winger, they've been connected with him for like five months. He literally he literally sends a Instagram post a story out like every two days with a Arsenal thing. And he's doing interviews talking about Arsenal. And he's pretty much just begging them to sign him. And it's just... In classic Arsenal fashion, it takes like four months to negotiate any deal. So, uh, hopefully, uh, Chelsea's Chelsea's easily like slowly driving up the price too to make sure. Yes, yes, they did do that. So, um, lots of moves will be made, but the weekend should be a lot of fun with some big games. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. Let's start. Let's start. Let's start early. Let's go. What's your United City score prediction? City three, gonna... United two. This is at United two. This is at Old Trafford. Yeah, two to. Th- um, two two. Yeah, Rashford. Well, I think that there are. I think City. This is the worst squad they've had in a long time. I know that no one thinks that, but like they've been just okay this year. Uh, and Pep keeps complaining about everyone's body language, and he's like playing weird guys, and he's sitting Foden all the time. I don't know. Kind of feels like where there's smoke, there's fire with them a little bit. So I think it's two to two. Okay, so let's go Liverpool, uh, Brighton at. They're at the South Coast, at the Amex. Uh, it's 2-1 Liverpool. I know. And I know you want to just go ahead and pick Liverpool to, to draw 1-1. I know that's I'm gonna say I'm going to say Brighton 3, Liverpool 2. Go ahead. I, Brighton wins 3-1. to one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
fucking do. They're good. Brighton's kind of hot right now. Yeah. They're good. They're scary. They're better than Chelsea. All right. So let's speak of. Them was because their three best players were either suspended or injured. Or hurt. Yeah. Um, So let's go with my team. Uh, Chelsea Palace, the game nobody cares about on Sunday morning um, Uh, at Stanford Bridge. Oh, this one. It's this one's classic one nothing Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea's uh, Crystal Palace has 18 shots on goal, and we have two, and we win one nothing. Yeah, you'll win one nothing in this game for sure. I feel confident in it. Okay, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to try to argue with you two when you're. Uh, uh, it's going to be one one. Like it's going to be one one. All right, everybody's favorite match of the week at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Mm. Tottenham Hotspur versus the Arsenal Gunners. I know to... how this game is going to go. Okay. This game is going to end with both sets of fans mad, both teams mad. Arteta's mad, uh, Conte's mad, The everyone's mad at the refs. There's multiple sketchy calls. Both teams think they were screwed by the refs, and the game ends you- 1-1. Uh, it's a goal early by Arsenal. It's a second-half penalty by Harry Kane, and both teams <laughs> pissed by a 1-1 drop. Uh, is Anthony I Taylor somehow involved? Uh, it's it's going to be someone. Uh, I'm going to say four one four one Arsenal. Woo! That would be odd. the death. Just they're going to absolutely. They're going to fucking piss pound them, dude. Tottenham sucks. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go uh, two zip two zip Arsenal. They're a shit club. And Ketty is on fire. Harry Kane could only score on penalties now. Son is <laughs> lost in the wilderness. This it's over. It's done. Um, it's Craig Powson on is the ref and Paul Tierney on VAR. It's going to be, Oh God, it's going to be bad. That's going to be real bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be, those are two of the worst. I like, I, I think I would bet a lot of money that Harry Kane will score a penalty. Like, yeah, it's clockwork. Every time we play Harry Kane, he scores a penalty. So yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Win or lose, win, lose or draw. It's a fun weekend, big games. These are the games you want in the premier league. And I'm excited for it. So and you got football all day. You just got to go from England to America. It's going to be a great, great football weekend. I mean, no, I mean, just just all of Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be bonkers. Front great to back. Weekend. Can't wait. All right, guys. Well, that's it. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, also, hopefully the Vikings come through with a big playoff win so we can t- keep talking purple on this show otherwise tune into our other episode this week our screencast we got tons to cover and we're going to be announcing our finalists for the annual nordy awards so until then thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the nordy's podcast <laughs>